The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and soul coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin awake. Welcome back to the Practical Shaman podcast. And today I have my sister from another mother and a wind whistler and, and who's quickly become a, a really active member of the Wind Clan group who has this amazing story and this amazing vibrancy and she's a healer. Her name is Heather Lee Hupp. And she's the founder of a grassroots center for awakening art in New Brunsfeld, Texas, where you can still swim in a crystal clear uh, pond, which gets me all very excited. She teaches Reiki and meditation classes, works as a medium and facilitates shamanic healing circles for women. Heather offers transformational healing sessions for adults, children, couples, and families. She's committed to building conscious community practices and teaching others how to connect with their deep authenticity. Wow, that's a word. Uh, She teaches and practices how to live in more harmony with each other and the earth. And she also, and one of the things we're going to talk about today, she homeschools her two children and runs a nature-based homeschool group in her town. And welcome, Heather. I'm really excited that you're here with us today. Thank you, Renee. I'm really excited to be here with you. It's an honor. It's great. So Heather and I, just for a little background, is a lot of times we were having similar things in different towns going on. And it's almost like if, if, if I know what she's knowing, it, it's, it's kind of this, and we've never met in person yet. Yes. Probably I'm coming down there this fall. And the, the, the good part is, is that she's like, I don't know, she's become like a really right hand in the Wind Clan uh, group and and she's done a few of the Wind Mastery classes. And and all the while she's, um, I've watched as she's been in really integrity with her children and her family and walking through life on life's terms. So tell us a little bit about how you got to New Brunsville, Texas, where the water is still clean. Where the water is still clean, we hope it'll stay that way. Um, we kind of laugh and say spirit just kind of dumped us here. <laughs> uh, we're from Southern California in San Diego. And um, I was in corporate America. And um, when I was pregnant with my first child, you know, my mindset was, you know, six weeks after I have a baby, I'm going to go back to work. And, you know, um, and about a month before she was born, my husband looked at me and he said, you know, I think on this, I, th- I might know you a little bit better than you know yourself. Um, and he said, I, I don't think you're going to want to go back to work. Mm. And that, I, that was like blasphemy. I mean, you could not have said a more offensive thing to me at that point in my life. And I looked at him and I said, you are crazy. Of course I'm going to. And um, the baby was born and I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> something that I never knew existed, something so primal and beyond explanation uh just it rose up in me and i knew this baby is my first priority i cannot i'm gonna quit my job (laughs) (laughs) and and she laughs because i'm laughing because look at the the new uh backdrop that i just got for my podcasting studio and then the picture that's right over her head and so when i say that we didn't plan we didn't plan to wear the same outfits today (laughs) Um, so, uh, 
anyway, I just knew from the core of my being, it was the right thing to do to, to leave my job, my career, um, which was the center of my life. And um, my husband was very supportive of it, even though we didn't make the money for that to be the right thing to do. Um, my, I had a healing practice on the side, but it definitely, it was very part-time at that time. So um, we did that and um, my husband was working on his gardening business and then we're in San Diego and then uh, the recession hit and you know everyone fires their gardener first. And so <laughs> I, I had left my career, which was very stable, you know, very, um, solid. And uh, then we lost all of his accounts within six months. And here we are with this baby going, oh my God, what are we going to do now? And um, one night, it was actually December 2nd, 2009, a full moon. I walked outside and the, the light of the moon beamed down into my body and said, you're moving to Texas. <laughs> And, and, you know, other people, I mean, as you, we just want to talk about this is often people say, oh, we don't have enough money to have a child and all of this. And then here we go in this situation where we have the child, we really didn't have enough money to start with. And then we're going to like empty out the coffers and go have a spiritual adventure in Texas in yeah. the middle of what seemed to be like, you know, I mean, she's even, I've heard her over the years say like, what am I doing in Texas? And you know, I kind of chuckle because spirit dumped me in Palm Springs all these years ago. And, and often you get these adventures or these spiritual, you know, directions, those who are really aligned to their, their path that say, hey, you're going here. Mm -hmm. And there's like, hell, come hell or high water, there's no way of moving from there. There's no way, you know, when I get in, you know, not complacent, then I'll say, all right, well, okay, it's time for a new house. All right. The new house is two blocks over from the old house. <laughs> so, right. so, so it was a little slow going when you first got there to really find a community who was really ready for the Reiki and the shamanism and uh, your full moon ceremony. So yeah. how did that come into being? Um, when we moved here, um, there was nothing like that here. And we got here and we had lived up in uh, DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth area for a year um, with my husband's mom. And it just wasn't home. And I had started to grow a healing community up there um, and trained this wonderful woman who has now grown a beautiful community there. So when we got here, um, you know, it's a little bit more open up there. We got down here in New Braunfels and, um, I remember the evening my husband and I were sitting at the table and I said, okay, so I guess I'm going to start teaching my meditation classes here. And he looked at me and said, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just very uh, fundamental, you know, lifestyle here. Very. Um, and I said, but th we're here. There has to be a reason for this. I'm going to just see what happens. And so, um, you know, just a couple moms groups I was in, I just started to put the word out, hey, I'm teaching meditation classes. I offer, you know, healing sessions in Reiki and people started coming. You know, the house that we lived in at the time um, behind the garage, there was a separate cute little room that we turned into my healing space and my office. And when I say grassroots, I really mean it because, I mean, it was 
I think my first meditation class had two people in it. And it's just, I've just kept going and just kept trusting. And like you said, you know, always asking I, so many times, I mean, crying spirit. What, why did you put me here? You know, why? And uh, to see what has grown and evolved and the need for this work here that has really pulled me through those scary dark times of what the heck I'm a, I'm a surfer girl. What am I doing in Texas? Um, it's pulled me through that and it's been so rewarding and satisfying. And I, I've just had tears of gratitude more times than I could imagine. Especially taking the girls down to the, uh, to the, the swimming oh. hole every day. It's like this really amazing place. And um, both of her children are wind whistlers too. I, I love that. They like, they were like the first in, in indication that children were going to actually, for those of you who don't know or are listening to this, they're going to love this wind whistle. Oh, can I play it? We forgot to play it. Want me to play mine too? Yeah, I was thinking we could play a concert. I was so excited about this. And then stay tuned because we're going to talk about homeschooling your children and creating community based around uh, values, family values, and the earth. I love that. that. Okay, so we'll, we're going to invite the wind in for the next part of this conversation. Are we going to blow three times or one? No, let's blow three times. Okay. All right. Ready? Did you just break your wind whistle? Good. Wow, it must have been done after that, huh? I know. It, you know, uh. it's funny, that one in particular, it, its energy has always been a little sluggish. And when it fell, I felt this huge release. I've had to break some actually at, at ceremonies. I've just had to just crack them open. Yeah. And I uh, think that, that some of the life is that, it, I'll have to send you a new one. Yeah, but I would love to blow this one once if you don't mind. This oh, that's fine. Um, to Sequoia, because remember um, when we were doing all that, like waking the whistles up and asking right. out, this whistle told me that it is for uh, bringing community together. Oh, great. Great. Let's... Okay. And we'll do like a special release wind for this. I one. felt that release right away. It was a boom. Right? Was... Wow. You know, they have a life. These whistles have a life. And. Wow. I've had to, like when I was doing a thing, I had to actually break one and I could feel the energy of it releasing. So um, it's sad to say that sometimes you have to let your wind whistle go. But yeah, you yeah. I've done a lot of work with that though. So it, it may have been tired. <laughs> okay, here. Wow. Oh, nice. That's that's the big daddy wind whistle. I'll have to see if I can find some more of those. Yeah. Um, I love the wind whistling. And for those of you who are, are not, uh, who don't know about Winds of Spirit and wind whistling, yeah. there's, oh yeah, well, she could say that. <laughs> Get the book. 
I was going to put up this ad this that today that says buy this book. Like yeah. you know, so selling books is a whole new a whole new experience, a whole new game. And I, I just decided to put it on the back burner for the second as I get back to what I really like doing, and that's creating community and teaching and all of that so tell us speaking of teaching mm -hmm. how did you grow this homeschooling community and you know it wasn't without fanfare and you know some backlash from the natives <laughs> right? and in natives I mean you know I think it was the Christian far-right Christian people who all of a sudden took a, took a turn about not um, liking this nature-based tradition or I'm not sure exactly oh, what happened no. No, it wasn't that. So we're, I always, oh, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it wasn't that. No, no, no. Um, it, uh, it, we're accidental homeschoolers. I didn't set out for us to be homeschoolers, um, at all. My, uh, my oldest child's birthday is like right near the cutoff line for, um, enrollment into kindergarten. And in Texas, kindergarten is actually optional. And um, when, when the time came to, uh, you know, kindergarten signups, it was very obvious to me that she was not emotionally ready to be gone all day, every day. Intellectually, yeah, of course, but emotionally and attachment needs wise, everything in me said, this child is not ready for that. And so um, that was an awareness I never really foresaw having um and neither was the awareness that i needed to not enroll her in school i mean never in a million years would that have entered my mind um there's a lot of homeschooling in this area and so i had been um, i'd met a few people who did it and was instantly intrigued because um i mean how cool to hang out with your kids all day <laughs> you know as and, and get to experience them and be with them as they grow and develop into who they are and to give them the, the time and space freedom to figure themselves out. So um, we did homeschool kindergarten and um, always and still kind of have like a year by year, you know, reassessment. And at the end of that year, I mean, we were having so much fun. My mm -hmm. child was so happy. Um, that we just decided to keep going. And um, at the end of the first year, um, so I had been meeting people through being in a mom's group for kids younger than kindergarten. So that whole first year, I didn't really know anyone and we're not from here and we moved here not knowing anyone. So one night I said to spirit, before I um, went to bed, I said, we've got to meet some people, tell, you know, give me some guidance, you know, give me a dream, a message, whatever, tell me what I need to do. Cause we need some people. And I woke up in the morning and I heard Spirit's voice say, you need to start a group. And I thought, no, 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 that, that's not my job. I don't wanna do that. And um, Spirit came back to me and said, you must. And I went, hot dog, okay, <laughs> it's pretty clear. You know, and um, you know, we do have, you know, different perceptions and experiences in our family culture. It, it is very fundamental here. The existing homeschooling groups at that time they just weren't um, a good culture fit for us. Great, amazing people, just different culture. And, um, 
So I did it that day. I went on Facebook and I opened a Facebook group. And um, at that time, I even told Spirit, I said, well, then you need to tell me what to name it. And um, what came back to me was uh, homeschooling off the beaten path. <laughs> New Braunfels homeschooling off the beaten path. So that very day I started the homeschool group. I was shaking. I was so, I'm like this, in, I'm, I'm a secret introvert, right? Like making this Facebook group thinking who's going to join it, you know, and it, it got big, uh, big for here. And um, we have a different name now, nature, because some people were like, what does that even mean? So now we're just called nature schooling group of New Braunfels. And um it, it just has grown into this, we meet our friends every Friday, we go on field trips, we go swimming and, you know, we do lots of nature stuff together. So what it is and what my desire was, what I miss about Southern California is the cultural diversity, the thought diversity. Um, so what I wanted was for nature to be the common ground, you know, that all different kinds of homeschooling people could join. So there's people with lots of different religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs, people with lots of different ways that they homeschool their kids and approach their own family culture, but with this, um, this common ground of enjoying being outside together. That's great. I love that. And, you know, there, I, I would imagine that that just is a natural growth. How many people, how many families are now participating in that group? There's about 60. We just went through, um, kind of like our first group pruning after, after many <laughs> pruning, you know, just people who just weren't not active in the group. And so right. kind of got scared down getting ready um, to just have a new, a new experience. So tell us who we don't know about homeschooling. Is it like, do the children use a computer program for their studies or how does, how does that even work? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole, the world of homeschooling is so huge. Now there are so many families uh, that are doing this for so many different reasons that there's for every family, there is a style and approach that you can find that you can either, you know, you just dials right into your family or you, some people pick and choose um, for the early grades in our family. So kindergarten, first, second, third, um, I, we use Waldorf inspired um, mm -hmm. curriculum, like all in one curriculums. And um, I don't necessarily use everything in them, but I use it as the foundation um, and, uh, just this year for my oldest, um, she's been doing some stuff on Khan Academy, which is online. She did the entire third and fourth grade geometry in like two days. So, <laughs> you know, what I love about homeschooling is that it gives each child, you know, in public school and it's, it works for some people. It would not work for my oldest who she goes through these, um, uh, um, bursts of massive artistic creativity where all day she's consumed in like designing doll clothes and making art and writing poetry all this stuff that's just coming from within her and she can't be bothered with okay but we have to do the spelling test right now so maybe she spends like a whole week or two weeks just getting her ideas out and being super creative and then that wave will kind of pass and then we'll get back to our regular schoolwork. so there's this freedom there, um, which, you know, we have that as adults. We, we, I don't know, you know, it's kids are that way too. They ebb and they flow. And so, um, you know, if she's really into reading for a while, we're really focused on 
on language arts. And then for a while she gets really into math and then we're focused on math. So by the end of the school year, it's, it's usually all evened out, but it's not in the, you know, this way that we would find if she were in school. And what about the younger one? How does she, how does, is, so are you like managing two grades? How does that fit into the life? Will be the first year. Um, so she's just about to be a kindergartner. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've been doing some reading um, from like bloggers and stuff that I respect how they manage grades. Um, I think so this year, my oldest, she's designing her own curriculum. What she really wants to do is make six week blocks that include, you know, reading and math and, you know, everything else, but with a focus that is her own interest generated. So, you know, she's interested in learning about Texas history this upcoming year. So, you know, we're going to do a lot. We'll do like old Texas recipes and, you know, she's learned math by cooking. That's how she's learned fractions. And when we, when we got to doing all that stuff on paper, she was like, oh, this is like just in the kitchen. It, yes, this is like what we do in the kitchen. Um, how wonderful is that? I mean, just think that she's designing her own program for next year. Yeah. So um, I think she's really, obviously I'm involved with it every step of the way. Um, but I think she's really ready for that sense of I'm in charge. I want to be in charge of what I'm studying. Of course, we have the subjects that we're going to study, but she's going to format it and, and pick the ideas. My youngest um, will be doing Waldorf kindergarten. So it's a lot of play. It's a lot of art. It's a lot of outside time, a lot of just really being in the body. Basically, it's an extension of what she already is living um, just with some, some kindergarten education stuff. That's so very cool. So all right, so, so Heather combines this, um, she's a school principal, <laughs> an orca, a school administrator, and she also has a, a vibrant healing practice of, of her own. And, and I know if I have a question and I need some clarity, tell us, how do you, you say you ask spirit and you get these information, how does the information come to you? Um, okay, like that one time, a couple years ago when you um, posted, hey, guess who the wind is for the summer? Hmm. Remember? Right. It was this full body impression. So it's like I get, um, I don't really know how to explain it. It's like this feeling that comes into my body that is encoded with lots of information and pictures. So it's just this instantaneous kind of knowing and awareness. And I've just learned to trust it. That's great. So give, so there might be people listening who might be in part of your homeschooling or other things. So tell them how could they start to trust their own intuition? You know, what would be a baby step, a kindergartner, Waldorf kindergartner step to trusting your own intuition just a little bit better? That's a good question. And um, I actually get asked that a lot. So I'm going to share um, what I share with people when they ask me that. So um I find that the quickest way for a person to develop their trust in their own inner knowing is to go outside. So we spend so much time in these boxes and, you know, we make them pretty and they're great to be in, but um, nature is where all of those parts of ourselves that kind of go to sleep a little bit when we're inside all the time, it go, they wake back up. So if you have a question or you 
that's usually where people want to start is how can I get confirmation for a question? Go outside, ask your question to spirit or to God or whatever you call that infinite um, and let nature answer you, right? You might get the wind on your face. You might see a bird that flies by. A lot of people that I work with in my um, my, I guess you call it my mediumship practice. I never know what to call that. When pe people come to me to, to, you know, close, you know, when they've lost people and they are not resolved. Um, it's interesting to me how many people see cardinals every time they're thinking of their loved one. Um, so I see feathers. You do. Well, there was a, a man who used to run our sweat lodge and after he passed, whenever something was like really inspired that I was about ready to do, I'd see a feather and I'd always say, Oh, thank you, Richard. Yeah. So, you know? yeah. So I, most people, there is something that happens usually outside that has happened most of their life when they're wondering something. And so what I tell people is just start trusting it. Hmm. Even if it doesn't make logical sense to trust it, why would it have made logical sense to trust move to Texas? Hmm. <laughs> I'm a California yeah. girl, right? But this is the best thing that could have ever happened to us. So just take baby steps, trust it on something small, and then you'll start to have this experience of this feeling in your body when you're connected to your instincts and things are congruent and you're in integrity with the direction of your soul. There's a feeling in your body. Hmm. One, one of our recent guests, Lori Lothian, had her, uh, her magical suggestions about how to know when you're in the flow. And one of them she suggested was you just shuffle up your iPod and the song that comes on is going to give you the guidance that you're I seeking. That. So, yeah, yeah, you have to, uh, yeah, that, so, you know, you, so there, you can go back and listen to some of these and probably get some more guidance. And then there's also, you know, opening up to the back of the book for some mm -hmm. wind guidance. Yes, I do that. Like, I just had the appearance of Nord as a favorable North wind indicates that you're now ready to move beyond your current vision. Heather? Awesome. So... So what would that what would that look like? Where what can we look for? You know, we're coming to a close here. I yeah. will definitely have you back, and uh, also uh, we're going to be doing weekly wind card classes, and I'm hoping that you know Heather will help facilitate them along with some of the other wind mastery students, and uh, where we're going to actually start to work with this as an oracle and how you can use that in your life. So um, definitely jo come join us over at the Wind Clan. Tell us uh, one last thought, and where can people find you? Uh, I can be found on Facebook. I'm, um, I'm, I'm really learning to be better techy wise. So my, my website has been in progress for a while. You can find me on Facebook at Center for Awakening Arts. You can send me a message, even if it's just to say, hey, how's it going? Um, definitely, if you're in te Texas, send me a message. Um, and from there, I do have a, it's a secret Facebook group called Awakening Tribe. Um, where there's more, there's a community. Um, so if you want to be part of that, send me a message on the Center for Awakening Arts page and, and we'll get you connected. That's great. And she also does, if you're in Texas and even the Austin area, right? She does I'm a month. South of Austin. So she does a, full, a moon ceremony every month mm -hmm. and she also teaches Reiki classes. I guess I'm going to have to boost her up here. So, and you can go see her for a, a healing. So there's lots of ways to connect with Heather and, and especially if you're moms and you have questions about, you know, this too. I mean, she's really raising two very awake children who 
are learning to, to dance with adversity and changing times and everything like that. So I'm really grateful you're in my life. Oh, I'm grateful to be in your life too. Yeah, most of the people I work with are mothers. Oh, good. All right, so her niche is mothers. Mine's business executives, yours is mothers. I guess I wouldn't be, I, I get them born. I get them married and born and then they probably need to go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm great at relationships. Like people come to send people to me when they, they can't keep in a relationship and or if they're having a big change of life. It's really interesting and let's close on that thought is like how people, like they have their specialties of who gets attracted to the type of work they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. That always intrigues me too. Yeah, it is very intriguing. So if you're if you're like one of those people trying to brand yourself, really look at who comes to you already, and and that kind of gives you a good idea of like you know who's already being drawn to you. And if it's really somebody who's really sick, definitely join us over at the Wind Mastery Program because you can raise that up so that the people who start to come to see you, you know, develop as well. All right. Well, until next week, this is the Practical Shaman Podcast. It's cat approved. Sami's up there keeping an eye. And, and, you know, when you started to talk about one thing, she got up and repositioned herself. So if you think she's not listening, trust me, she is. All right. Have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone.